Welcome to Hey Girl. I'm your host, Bill Janice. Join me every week where I sit down with one of my amazing and talented friends who are experts in their field, and we have a little chat. Okay, welcome to this episode of Hey Girl. I'm your host, Bill Janice. I am sitting here with one of my oldest friends. He's absolutely amazing. He's brilliant. He's talented, as all my guests are. He is the former dance captain of the most iconic show in Las Vegas entertainment history, Jubilee. And he is currently the senior account manager for Champagne Creative Group. This is Bobby Bannister. Hey, girl. Hey, girl. What's going on? Oh, you know, just yeah. doing a little show. Right, just chilling. Just chilling. Yeah. <laughs> having a cocktail. <laughs> well, you're having a cocktail. I'm having water. That's right. Because you know I'm, uh, I'm watching my figure. Right? No. <laughs> you, are on that strict, you are on that strict diet. The strict diet, honey. And my mm. trainer listens to this show. <laughs> Don't slip up, girl. I'll enjoy my tequila. You enjoy that tequila. Well, thank you so much for doing this. Welcome to the Hey Girl Penthouse. Thank you. Thank you. What do you think? It's not often I get to be in a penthouse these (laughs) days. So I'll I'll happily take it. Common. I mean, I think on on the Strip, yeah, the hotels have penthouse suites. But sometimes they're used for different reasons. Right, right. Well, that's a different night. Come over over, over on Thursdays. We have those nights here. (laughs) Perfect. (laughs) You know. (laughs) They don't have these high ceilings, though, honey. Hey, you can hang some I feel like I could have like a sec. I could just build a second. Floor. <laughs> hey, you know what? Have a nice little loft. Why not? <laughs> Perfect. <laughs> oh my God, I love it. So, why don't we just get started here? So, okay. why don't you tell everybody just to get us a little bit of a backstory and like a base on you? Okay. Where you're from and what brought you to Las Vegas? All right. So, I grew up in Canada. I grew up in a, a small city just outside of Toronto called Guelph. It mm-hmm. is actually where Nev Campbell also came, uh, came did from. Did you know her? No, she was older <laughs> than I was, but we did go to the same high school. Okay. Uh, you didn't dance together? Like no. Because she, she was a dancer. Yeah, but she was. Uh, she is at least, I would say, six, seven years older okay, than me. Okay, so you so wouldn't we have would crossed. Have, we, at that age, you would have never crossed. would yeah. never have crossed. She was in that wonderful Robert Altman film, right, the, the company? company, about Joffrey. So oh, good. Girl, I remember going to see that movie. It, it was one of those movies that came out on a major holiday. I can't remember if it was Thanksgiving or Christmas, but it was like that was its release mm-hmm. date. And I was living in Chicago at the time, um, apprenticing the Joffrey Ballet <laughs> at the time when that movie came out. And I remember going to like the first showing on that morning on Christmas morning by myself just to like watch the company was, it was like so good my, it was a good movie it was my first introduction to really what company dance was I think and, it, I think they, and that artistic like because it came out around the same time as like center stage which was kind of like the polar opposite like it was it much was, more commercial it was, it was more commercial more, it was more Disney yeah it was much more um fictional uh, fictional in like happy-go-lucky like sure. everybody got what they wanted in the end yeah they didn't the really company, show the real grit yeah the company was very realistic and I almost agree. documentary almost a, like a documentary style film and i can remember i can remember watching both of those movies and being just as enthralled of the center stage sure 
let's get some Jamiroqua and right. do a real quick, quick change with makeup and hair in like 2.5 seconds. Right. And then the company side of it where they're like dancing on a stage in like a park and all of a sudden like a storm comes in. Yeah, 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 like yeah. I, I, it, that really, that juxtaposition of the performance community was something that I, like it was my first introduction. Like, oh, this is actually something I want to do. Yeah. And that was like maybe like 10th grade of high school for me. Okay. I am mad at you. Like nine, ten, like somewhere. I, I somewhere know I'm a couple there. years older than you, but you know, yeah. So I think, yeah, that makes sense because by at that point, I was in my first year of college. Yeah. And when all, I think all of this time, this was happening, and you would have been, yeah, a, I would have been yeah, sophomore a, or junior in high school. Yeah, yeah. exactly. So that was really like my, my my first real inkling of oh, this can be it's a profession, like, and also what it looked, what yeah. a day to day would look like. Because I think they depicted it quite accurately. I think they, I think both uh, both movies hit their different points of what the realistics of being a performer is. Whether you're a dancer, singer, actor. I think it really shows that you have to love it because you're not going to make a lot of money. <laughs> right. But it is something we that, know. Does, <laughs> that does, you know, feed the soul. Sure. And that really catapulted me into wanting to pursue it professionally. And that took me down to Oklahoma, where I went to Oklahoma City University. Okay. Uh, I was there for four years. Completed. They have a, a wonderful theater it, and dance program. It's amazing. Yeah. Like, it is They're this private well Christian... I'm uh, not high school university in the ghetto of Oklahoma city that has this incredible musical theater and dance program with some of the best teachers. And one of the best mentors I think I'll ever have this wacky ballet teacher named Joe Rowan, <laughs> who everybody that I've ever talked to that even people older than me, they're like, when I was getting taught by her, I swear she was 80. Yeah. I was like, yes. No, I swear she's she been was that age forever, right? She's yeah. been 80 forever. <laughs> and she just doesn't age. And she still does full ballet with you. Yeah. Five days a week, company. And uh, probably rehearsals. has better feet than oh, yeah. anyone else. Better in the technique. Class. Yeah. She can turn better than anyone. And you're like, oh, girl. I know. I can't with you, girl. But I kind of want to be like you. Right. <laughs> and you're really nice and you're super professional. And you'll just sit there and kiki with me and tell me fun stories about when you fell off the stage and <laughs> just hopped back on. And I'm like, that doesn't happen in real life. And then Jubilee hits and you're like, oh, guess what? That guy just jumped off the front of the stage. We'll, we'll get there. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so and then so fast forward, I do four years in Oklahoma. I love Oklahoma City. I love Oklahoma City University. I can't say enough amazing things about the program the and what they really teach you in that program of you know how to be a working professional and i think that is something that is really unique about that school yes they teach you like the, the fundamentals of dance and technique and things like that but sure they teach you how to be a working professional um and i thought that was that's something that i still use in my day to day day to day life sure now. um so when i graduated oklahoma i knew if i didn't get out of oklahoma city i would mm -hmm. never leave cuz okay. it was my comfort zone sure sure so and you never thought about just going back to canada never i mean i'm glad you didn't no like, because then we went, then we cuz i know we met shortly after i am the worst We're get canadian there. ever <laughs> oh, no. because everybody's like canada's the best place in the world they're always so nice and i'm like you couldn't pay me enough money to move back to canada <laughs> Like ever, <laughs> I'll move to Mexico, South America before I would ever 
move back to Canada. Okay. Um, so no, I picked <laughs> I up hope your family's <laughs> listening. <laughs> Hi, Dad. <laughs> um, so no. making that decision and knowing that. I can get very comfortable, and for when I get comfortable, it's hard for me to break the norm. Sure, I think uh, well with everybody, exactly. Yeah. Like nobody wants to take that leap of faith and thrust themselves into something that all of a sudden makes them uncomfortable or makes them. Uh, you're going from big fish in a small pond to small fish in a big pond by choice. Sure. So. I would have been clothed from head to toe because you're middle America, Bible belt. Where do you go? Mm, I want to take off most of my clothes. So where I go to Las Vegas. (laughs) (laughs) Oh my God. I love it. I've never out of everybody I've I've talked to about this. Like I've never heard it said so eloquently. (laughs) Like I love it. I love that you said, I just want to take off the most of my clothes. Where can I do that and get paid for it? That's brilliant. Yep. It's and it's. I it, love that. That is what. <laughs> and it was really my made your choice. my my main reason for coming to Vegas was you know I wanted she just this, wanted to get naked. I wanted to like I wanted to dance around in a thong. <laughs> and trust me, we did. And I <laughs> we did. did. <laughs> All right, nailed it. I was that boy in in the circle of Samson and Delilah, but to the audience. Thank you, mom and dad. Oh yeah, you were the first part. contract okay, wait. kids. All right, so wait, wait. Okay, we're we're gonna get ahead of ourselves. So we're we're definitely gonna talk about Jubilee. But anyway, so but your first show in Vegas was Show in the Sky. Was show in the Sky. Yeah. Let's talk about that and talk about how we met. So that's actually that was my first real. I think production before then I had danced at a theme park in Allentown, Pennsylvania for okay. three years and loved it. It was a great experience, but it, show in the sky was my first real professional big budget show on the Las Vegas, strip. on the Las Vegas strip. Mm-hmm. I was super excited. Um, I moved here in June and I went into rehearsals for show in the sky. I think right after July 4th weekend. Okay. Um, and from there it was one of the, best experiences of my life was being in show in the sky because it showed me who I wanted to be like okay and who I never wanted to be like what do you mean elaborate uh we had a really talented person teaching us the show she was smart she was talented but she was mean. Oh no! <laughs> and myself. Why do and, I feel like you're talking about me? <laughs> no, okay. <laughs> myself and another girl. She was girl. smart and talented, but like, mean. <laughs> I would never say that. I know, I'm kidding. Um, but I went into the show with you know quite a large group of people, and uh, one of the girls I went in with, her and I had just graduated college, so we didn't have the experience that the other ones had we didn't assimilate choreography as fast as the other ones had and she would be really mean to us and but she it was also a really great experience for i think both myself and Paige, who the other girl was because i it, wait pa- which page Paige Colla- oh yeah I, re- I went to college yeah. with her in chicago yeah yeah, yeah. um she, I lo- she, fabulous she's amazing she's extremely she's talented so nice so nice so, so genuine, talented yeah so talented and it was from the first moment i met her yeah when we went into rehearsals and i think we both took things differently uh away from the experience but one thing that i really learned was you didn't need to beat people down when they are when you see people struggling and they're trying their best mm-hmm. don't beat them down try sure. to build them up but the other thing that unknowingly that this 
teacher taught me was how to reverse things sure. on the fly. Okay. Like she was incredible. Like could immediately switch. And it, I was just aghast because I'd never seen anything like that before. And I really carried that experience. I was in Show in the Sky for about 10 months. And then I went immediately into Jubilee. Yeah. And, and Jubilee was just the next step up sure. from, from Show in the Sky. And it was what I wanted when I moved to the city. So I remember, just, just to back up really quick, I mean, I, 100%, because I actually, you touched on something I want to I talk about. Um, it is true, in regards to the person who was teaching the show, and they're, they're teaching methods and strategies, it's so interesting to me, because I do feel like, I'm going to just lump you in the same category as me for a minute, I feel like we came from what I would still call like an old school mentality of training mm-hmm. like I I remember, I remember I remember being you know in a ballet company and in, in a concert dance company in my you know late teens early 20s where verbal abuse was a very acceptable method right you <laughs> didn't think anything of it right? like you were almost bullied into doing things a certain way yeah now here's the thing I get that that I think I think we've evolved, you know, and I think I don't think people respond to that the same way they used to. Yeah, I'm not saying I don't even think it was the best strategy at the time, but it was just what was acceptable. Mm-hmm. And, and you just fell in line like, you know, you got screamed at yeah. in front of belittled, degraded in, in it just in order to almost again bully you into doing it a certain way or working harder. Yeah. But for me, that was never motivating. It was just fear based. Yeah. Um. And but because that's where I came from, I I know it took me a certain amount of time too to kind of realize that's not the best strategy. <laughs> May not <laughs> I mean, always I mean, work. You know, well. I mean, like <laughs> it doesn't motivate. It doesn't people. motivate people. But I mean, but it's interest. It is interesting to see the evolution of it. I do. I personally think we we get better results coming from more of a patient understanding place. Granite, I mean, trust me, I've worked with dancers that are so infuriating, <laughs> like that you almost want to scream, but you know, because, be, be, yeah, because. just because I'll just say that, I'll just leave it there. But, <laughs> but, um, but, but overall, you know, you, you, it, it's interesting that there was still, I, I, I think we still caught the tail end of that. Oh, you know? absolutely. Because and even now, going... I don't think teachers are as much, as much like that. And I almost feel like I don't think society would accept it. I don't think they they would would. because I also think that some of these millennials, God love you, but you all are so confident. I'm jealous. Like, (laughs) like who told you you were that good? Because we were never told we were good. We were we were just yelled at second and third. And if you didn't get one of those three things, you were you didn't get anything. So in a way, I'm like, okay, well, good for you that you have so much confidence. But (laughs) nobody ever nobody ever helped us out. Gave us more support. I'm a little jealous. I am. (laughs) I was the kid crying in the corner. It's right. fine. Eating chips. Yeah. No, because I eat my feelings. Right? No, yeah. <laughs> I would eat And then I would get told I was fat. <laughs> the circle of life. Circle of life. <laughs> <laughs> um, but yeah, you know, show in the sky. I'm super thankful for it. It was my first show here in Las Vegas and on the strip. I would not change it. I sure. loved being in the show. I loved the people. And I you were met. great in the show. I saw, and I saw you, you daily saw in that daily. show. <laughs> and that's actually where Bill and I met because he was a Bevertainer at the mm-hmm. time. And our paths would cross at least five days a week. Yeah. Because we seem to have worked the exact same, same schedule. schedule. Yeah. Well, I worked in my schedule was I would typically work at least a couple days a week 
in the section of the casino where the stage was. Yeah. So, so in here, and you, you guys, anybody who knows me, you know, like when there's music and lights on, I'm she dancing. Bops around. You know, I was bopping around with serving drinks. You know right. what I mean? And I was like waving. You know, the the people on the floats, I'd be waving to them even if I didn't know them. I'm yeah. like, hey girl. <laughs> well, and it, it was always something like you and I immediately connected because I think we were both and still are naturally positive people. Sure, sure. And naturally energetic. And yes, we can gossip and <laughs> dish the dirt. We're going to get there. <laughs> but I'm trying I, so hard to keep this interview on track but, because I know we have so much tea to spill. Don't worry. But We're going to get there. It was super nice to just connect because I moved here and I knew no one. But what, but help me remember because here's the thing. Mm-hmm. I actually do obviously I know that's where we met and mm-hmm. I feel like we're the kind of friends. I know exactly that, how we met. Okay good because I need you to tell me because here's the thing and for, don't please I, I mean this as a compliment I actually can't remember the exact moment because the my thing is that we've been such close friends for so long I almost I only just remember us always being friends. Yeah. But so help me tell well, me. Well and I actually because when you asked me to be on the show I Try to remember how the hell did Bill and I actually physically? I think I even meet? said that in your okay. So when Bobby got married, I was his best man, yeah. and I gave the toast. And I think I even said I don't remember how we met, <laughs> but I just know that we've been friends for a long time. And I think I figured it out. I'm, I mean, obviously, I, I, I remember we met at the Rio, but I don't remember the moment. So tell me. I think yeah, you, okay. You got so it. I love it. Tell us when uh, when the show would start, we would do what was called a parade, and we would. Oh yeah. And we would be in these weird ass zoot co- suits. Zoot suits oh, or, they were awful. And like, there was another one where it was like a unitard and we had like crazy wigs. Yes. And we would parade on walking through like the a golf casino. Cart. And then yeah. there would be like a few people that get to ride this like fancy golf cart. Right. I was always that the had, walk. Like, and I went and glitter on yeah, it. And yeah. I was always the person walking behind and I had some pole or a flag or something stupid. <laughs> and we were getting prepped to go out on the floor and Cat Vaughn. Okay. Knew you already okay. and introduced us. Okay. And that's how we first met. Was it over by like that Cashman photo? Yes. Yeah. Okay. Uh-huh. That's like, cause Cause that's, that's like where the we stage would come door. Out. Yeah. Yeah. That's yeah. Where yeah. We would and come that's out. where the Chippendales would do the yep. little like yeah. photo area there. Okay. Yeah. I do. No, I do remember. Yes. But then I do. I feel like I also remember when Scott, there was a night where you and Scott, your husband, you weren't married at the time. Yeah, but we were just seeing you. You were other. just hanging out. And I, 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 the beginning of a long friendship, right. I, I kept feeding you guys drinks Many drinks and drinks and drinks and drinks. <laughs> and I wouldn't take any more. I was like, no, no, just take them. Story I was of just, our life. Girl, that's how we got introduced to me. You know, right. I'm a pusher. I, I'll push those cocktails <laughs> on you. <laughs> um, but yeah, like I love what show on the sky gave gave me it gave me the confidence and it introduced me into an amazing performance community here in las vegas and having moved here and not knowing anyone like i moved here with a girl from college and then one day i came home and her stuff was just gone and i was like who was that her name was jesse do we we've never talked to her since nope no, I've never conversed with her ever since. She just decided to bounce. Bounce. I didn't know this. Yeah, bounce. I think she went down to like Laughlin and did like have Follies. Fun, <laughs> have fun in Laughlin. Um, but you know, it w- it hit me really big because she was the only person I that knew, you knew. Yeah, and then all of a sudden I knew no one. And then you met. And then me. I met you. No. <laughs> and you know, it, I really think that the energy that we put out into the universe, we get back, and sure. you get back with the people that come into your life. And you have definitely been one of those people Aww, that, you. and it, 
even when we've lived in other cities, we could have not talked for a month and then pick up the phone and have a two hour conversation like nothing had happened. Yeah. Um, so yeah, and then we got to do Jubilee together. We did get to. So here's the thing. Okay, so hold on. Now I now I'm gonna jump in a little bit because we have this this part of our life in common. So so this part we're gonna we're gonna dish. But um, but just to give full full perspective here, um, I had done Jubilee. So I was in the show first. Not that that not that that's a big deal. I'm just painting the picture. You know, like yeah. I was I was in the show first. I think you were still in Show in the Sky. Then I actually left the show. And I think it was when I ha- had taken a break from Jubilee to go do other things is when you went in. Yeah. Right? Am I right? Yes. Because okay, cool. you, you and I, we, you, you came into the show a second time when yes. I had already been there at least a year and I think almost a year and a half, maybe even two years. That makes sense. Yeah, that makes sense. So, <laughs> so okay. I'm coming back into the show. Here's the thing, too. I had left and I remember coming back. And, you know, the first time I was in the show, it was... It, it, it's pretty interesting that they were five years apart. Um, and the first time I was in the show, it was in regards to the, the boys that were in the show, it was a completely different story from one, from one experience to the next for me. The first time I was in the show, I feel like, you know, that show had been running for, for at that time, at that point, like I think 22 or 23 years. Cause I was in the show. Yes, that's right. Cause I was in the show during the 25th anniversary and the 30th and anniversary. 30th. Um, <laughs> I was there for the miles. <laughs> <laughs> I was there for closing. Okay. Yeah, you were. I was, I, I was there in the audience. <laughs> you were. I was. I was there to support you, girl. Yeah. And you looked amazing. Um, Anyway, but what was funny to me is that, you know, the show had been running for quite a, you know, obviously quite a while. And when I was, when I joined the cast initially, um, I do think, um, I'm trying to think of the most diplomatic, diplomatic way to say this. I do feel that me, and then there was another boy, there was a couple of other boys around my age. There was um, Corey, Jeremy, there was Corey, and there was Yakshan. Mm-hmm. And we were like the four, we, I feel like we were like the first we were the beginning of them starting to hire younger dancers again. Everyone else in the boys line, they were just older. I'm not, I'm not calling them old, but they were older. They were more seasoned. They were definitely, they were mature. They were mature. They were definitely, you know, they, they were old. I'm just going to say they weren't, (laughs) they weren't loving their life as a performer anymore. Let's just say they had lost the fire. They had lost the fire. And so, so you know, you can imagine the dynamic of energies was just a lot different because then you're, there's like this like four really eager, green, excited boys coming in and in into a dressing room where there's like men that are like upwards of 10, 15 years older than us that had been in the show for 10 or 15 years yeah. that were just kind of like, they were almost put off by our, by our you know, energy because yeah. we were just too extra. You know what I mean? <laughs> but we were outnumbered. Yeah. So it was a little more, it was just a different energy. So then cut to five years later, in the five years that I was not in the show, they had gone through a massive transformation yeah. with, within, it just at least, just in regards to the age level of people in the, in the show and yeah. whatnot. And don't get me wrong. Let me just put a disclaimer out there. Everybody in the show is talented. I'm not talking about talent. I'm no, just talking no, it's about just, age and maturity and where you're at in your yeah, life. I think when, that point, when you know? I was going into the show, I would say the average age of the men's room when I was in rehearsal and a lot of them were leaving when I was going in was 34 to 36. Right. And I was going in. The first time I did the show was 23. Yeah. And I was going in at, at probably I think 24, maybe 23. Yeah. Yeah. And 
And I remember us going in there, and I went in with a huge group of boys. How many were in your group? There were six of us. Oh yeah, you had a big group. And there yeah, was see, a big I only group had of four. four. I was and there one was of a four. big group of four us as well. Oh wow. Okay. And so that really brought that age group down. And but I also think that really reinvigorated at least the boys line. Sure. No, and it totally did. So that and that's my point is that when I came back after being gone for five years, it was a completely different energy in there. Yeah. And I remember coming in and being almost, I wasn't expecting it. I was almost kind of thrown by it. Like it was like, cause that's the other thing you guys have to remember. Like now just picture it. Like there, now there's just a room full of boys around the same age yeah. that are a little catty <laughs> and competing with each other. Mm-hmm. Don't take change very well. Don't take, especially not somebody coming back in the show that they've heard so much about. They're like, right. oh, somebody's coming back. Because here's the thing, too. Okay, look. All right, I'm just gonna say it. Let, okay, <laughs> it I wasn't gonna go there. Let I'm just gonna. Go. I'm just gonna do it. I'm just, just gonna go say it. it. Like, here's the thing that you guys should also know too is that Jubilee was the show was was the show on the strip that you had to whether no matter how long you had been in the show you had to re audition every, every six, six months, months to keep your spot. So. Knowing that that's the paradigm that they've set up, you can imagine that tensions and comp- competitiveness can get kind of high around, around audition time. Yeah, right? every four months. Right. So <laughs> when I came back to the show, I didn't have to audition. I was invited back, which caused some drama. Oh, <laughs> Honey, you... <laughs> It caused please, a ruckus. Please justify me. Like, tell it, oh, me. No, like, he, tell them I'm not embellishing. No, it, it caused some drama. It, it caused some drama, and, and and I ended up being coming the target. I yes. think initially, it well, all ended up working out fine. I'll get there. I'll tell the whole story. Yeah, but it, I, but I, I remember walking in, not realizing I was walking into a war zone. Yeah. like of boys that just didn't want to have anything to do with me because all they knew was that there was some boy from Chicago that didn't have to audition. Yeah, and and maybe they had something in their head thinking that I was going to come in with some ego, which I didn't. No, you didn't. You know all. me. I came in like. Hey, no. I think but, I was one of the only super excited ones that you were coming into the show. Cause great, I was, thanks. Because I, I was like, yes, I'm going to have a friend. He's yeah. going to sit right beside me. We're, our row's going to be awesome, which it was. It was, yeah. Oh, uh, that's the thing, too. You guys have to understand, sometimes in these dressing rooms, you know, it's it, it's, it gets pretty, you know... Um, well, you're six days a week with six people. Days a week. But, I mean, it gets it's like who you sit by makes all the difference in the Absolutely. world. So, who you know, who you're sharing a mirror with and whatever. You know, Well, we had our own vanities, but, you know, sitting next to yeah. each other, you know. And it was prime real estate, you know what I mean? Like of who, you know, got yeah. to sit, who you picked to sit by or whatever. But anyway, but yeah, go ahead. The, yeah. No, the boys were, they weren't happy. I was coming in. No, they, nobody was, I was happy you were coming in. And a, because lot, of you people, knew me. The boys, a lot of people were feeling threatened. And I think uh, people didn't know you. So they assumed you were part of that old guard. Gotcha. And, Which I can understand in hindsight. Yeah. But again, and, and that's the thing too. And thank you for saying that. I actually think we should be clear too. The people that had an issue with me were the people who did not know me. Yeah. So that just to be clear, you know, they were they were going off of an assumption and a snap snap judgment um, based on maybe what they had just the yeah, fact just, that they felt that there was somebody coming in that didn't have to go through the same process they yeah. went through. And I can get that in hindsight, I completely get that. My thing was is that once I got there and you saw that I'm a just a fucking cool girl, yeah. like why why couldn't you just like right, you know like lower out. your torches right. in pitchforks. You know what I mean? But they came after me. Yeah. And that those first couple months were rough for me. And I, when I, I came back to that show, I almost left that show because they were so awful. And I can remember some situations where you are absolutely right. Um um, and I it think was that, like, what are you fucking doing? Like, well, I remember and I think that it's being the you know. sad commentary sometimes about per- being a performer sure. is, you know, it's it's hard to have some some friends, and it especially 
like friends of the same sex because inevitably you always end up competing against them sure and you know it's something i'm really thankful for jubilee with is it was a long-term job for me and i didn't feel like i needed to compete against my friends sure because i i knew that I put in the work to keep my position. Absolutely. And that was something that I was always super proud of. Um, and so when, you know, new guys came into the show, I always tried to welcome them as best. And you were. Could. And again, I mean, I know we were already friends, so I'm a bias. I can't give a, a great um uh or, or, or I don't know. I, my opinion on this is is bias, is all I'm saying. Is that yes, I remember you being one of the only boys that was welcoming to me when I came in, yeah. and Chad was as well, because but I had also already known him as well. Yeah. Again, it was the boys I didn't know, but unfortunately at that point, the majority of the boys in the room I did not know. Yeah, because a vast majority of us had been had, were all new within within the last year. Within the last year. With and the, I had with moved to Chicago, yeah. so they didn't even know me in Vegas. I no. was moving back from Chicago to do this show. And so here's the thing. <laughs> I remember too, like sitting by you and just being like, Bobby, what the fuck? Like, why is everybody acting like yeah. this? And then, and then when they told everybody that I was going to be doing Gershwin, that's the when shit the hit the came. fucking fan. That Sorry, is I'm going to have to bleep that F word out, but it, that's when it got clock, real, yeah. real quick in that dressing room. And that's when, like, so wait, really quick. Let's just let the audience know. So Gershwin is uh, the obviously you know uh, in reference to uh, the brilliant um, composer. Yeah. Um, but uh, the name of that number uh, that was a number that was very featured in the yeah. show, and it was right at the end of the. And show. it was at the end of the show. It was great choreography, great costumes. It was you were featured. There was only four boys and only four girls out of a cast of what a hundred people. Yeah. So it was a desirable role. And it was a fun number. And it number. was a fun number. So and anyway. it was different than anything else in the show. So, you know, when you're in a show, you're doing it six days a week, two shows a night. You want something that is different than the rest of the show. Absolutely. And it was one of those numbers that everybody Everybody, everybody wanted, wanted to, to do it, but only a small handful got to. Yeah. So, again, now, picture, they're already hating on me because they don't know me. And they think, oh, who is this? Because they you know, he doesn't have to audition and yeah. he's coming back and who is, who does this and bitch think he is? Then I came in line three, which is all the fun featured spots. They put me, they the featured show. me right away. Yeah. But I mean, I mean, <laughs> I'm sorry. That looks so, that's so bitchy. But I mean, I feel like I deserved it. I, well, you performed I the roles well. Them well. Yeah. But you know, I understand that there were certain people that felt that maybe they thought that they were next in line for those roles yeah. and, and they had been there a year or two and then to see so, see me come in. So it just... It didn't help your cause. It didn't help my cause <laughs> at all. Cause. And I remember just sitting there like, what the fuck? <laughs> like, why is everybody so mean to me? <laughs> <laughs> they wanted your feathery boots from Red Honey, Fans. Girl. They wanted all my shit. <laughs> but so. you know what? It, in the moment, it in the moment, it really did suck. Yeah, I but can it, imagine. But it um, look, it's funny to talk about now, <laughs> right? In hindsight, and I think eventually people just calm down. Oh, a hundred percent. Yeah, we'll get there. But no, but tell what did you like? You remember this, right? Yeah. Like, and I remember you going into line three and like i was i think i was two years into the show so i just started swinging things okay which was super exciting swinging, for me. just for people who yeah. don't know is um it's when you actually learn everybody's part yeah so you can you're uh, you're available to do basically any role to jump into a, yeah. a numerous roles. and you and get that, paid it's more it's a prestigious world yeah. when your show if you're a swing it means you're they respect you you're really talented and, you're and you smart. can do everything and yeah. you're smart and you're versatile yeah and so i was had just started swinging certain numbers and you get paid more and which was nice um so i was preoccupied with that and i can remember you going into gershwin and being like oh cool 
Because yeah. that means I, a number I don't need to worry about right now. What, right, like for, you were coming a, from a different angle. You're like, great, I don't have to delight. worry about that number of bills here. He can do right? it. Right, yeah. they filled that spot. What yeah. a friggin' delight. Right. So, but I can remember, you know, going, being, well, you were in rehearsal. I was still in the show. So you were hearing I, I, I the was, chatter. I was, you, were, you, you always heard the gossip of right. who were the good looking guys coming in? Who did everybody want to have sex with? Who did nobody want to have sex with? Who was the train wreck? Oh God, who, what category did I fall in? I've like, never heard this version of the story. Like, so like, tell me what category like, I fell in under all those. You hear like these, the, <laughs> they the, just hated the, me. The, the, the rehearsal gossip. Yeah. And a lot of it is just speculation because we didn't even interact with new cast members until we started putting. Sure, sure. And that's sure. three weeks into the process. Sure, sure. So we're just seeing people in it's passing. It's just off of like appearance. And yeah. Whatever, yeah. So what were they saying? Oh, I can't even remember. Oh, come on. You I've, can't give that build up and then not tell us what they were saying. <laughs> you had a target on your back because you went into line three. And I didn't have to audition. Yeah. So that was your target. Um, Girl. But it was, you know, Jubilee, it was sometimes like a twilight zone. Sure. Because you're there, like I've said numerous times, you're there six days a week and you're there from five o'clock until midnight. Midnight, yeah. And it's, so, it's consuming. It, consume, it becomes your whole world. Yeah, it, be, it becomes a way of life. Think, you're not thinking clearly half yeah. the time because and, you're just immersed in this world. And I can remember like things that I would get really upset about and now looking at it from you're like, why distance, was I so mad? And yeah. you're like, oh my God, it didn't matter. It didn't matter, yeah. The audience doesn't, doesn't know the difference. Right. <laughs> And, but when you're in that moment, and I think that's a really kind of a, a neat perspective to now have when I'm now in this part of my life is, you know, when people are in the audience or you're, you're, you're performing for a group that is, you're just going to be there for two hours. Yeah. Nobody knows the difference. They're just happy to be there. They, you know, whether you're wearing a green sparkly dress or a tuxedo, they don't care because they just want your picture because they think you're somebody famous when you're really not. I remember, um, so the first time I was in the show and I went in with uh, my good friend, Jeremy, and he, uh, well, we became good friends. Um, We didn't know each other. We met at the show. Is that Jeremy Duvall? No, Jeremy's a Spaniard. Okay. Do you remember him? No. Okay. Um, I think the only people from your cast that I remember is Corey. Corey Powell. Yeah. Yeah. Do you ever talk to him? No. And I, knit, I only knew of him when I okay. was in the city. He sat next to me. So I sat next to him and then I sat next to... Oh my God, I can't even remember who was on my other side. <laughs> <laughs> Must not have been somebody that important. I think it was Topher, Susanna's okay. husband. I, yeah. think, I think it was Topher. I think. I can't remember. Um, but anyway. Uh, but no, Jeremy. Anyway, Jeremy, I remember him saying something to me once and it stuck with me forever because it was so different... Then I, you know, I then the mentality I'd had up to that moment, I had been coming from concert dance and company work, and you know, sometimes in that world, you, you know, you're you're always fighting for some a moment of being featured in a piece, you know, because you're also not performing every night when you're in a company. Like yeah. it's you have a perform- presenting season and whatnot, and you just want to be seen as much as you can. Because you take that as valid, I guess you take that in some form of validation, but it's also just a love of performing as well. But you know, there's it's just a different dynamic. Yeah. And I remember coming into a production show, which was new for me, you know, and I remember Jeremy, we were getting blocked in some number, big number. I think it was Top Hat, where it was like, what, a like 60 dancers yeah. on stage or something. And, um, and we were in the back, we were just placed in the back. And, um, I don't remember even being mad about it, but I just remember somehow the, the that subject came up. I think somebody else said it, and Jeremy said, he's like, 
I don't care where I'm at. We get paid the same in this show. <laughs> He's like, I get paid the same whether I'm up there or back here. And it really put it in perspective yeah. for me. I was like, she's right. Yeah. Like, paid the same. Why do I get, like, I don't care if I'm up front and center in this moment, in yeah. this dynamic. But I don't it, care. It, yeah. But you have to make that switch of your brain because, yeah. and, and when I would be teaching the show, you would see people. I would see boys getting upset that they weren't in the front right. or that they were on on the side closest to the wing. And I'm like, no, it doesn't matter. Doesn't your, matter. your paycheck's going to clear no matter where you are. And <laughs> if you're on the side, that means when numbers get cut down, you're the first not in the number. Guess what? It doesn't affect your paycheck. <laughs> right? We can pay the same. Well, and that's what was funny to me, again, coming back in the second time I was under that mentality of like, of course, I was grateful that they gave me they gave me Red Fans and Gershwin and Waiters and all these other fun numbers yeah. that were featured. But it didn't, it didn't, if I wasn't put in those numbers, it wouldn't have ruined my life. Yeah. You know what I mean? I would have been like, so that's why it was just, it was just a weird time. But so let's just put a bookend on that. I do have to say, because it would be completely unfair for me not to at least say that yes those first two months were, were rough. rough everything ended up being amazing like we, we all ended up becoming fantastic. really good friends it was one of those where it's like even the boys that were just the most ratchet to me ended up becoming some of my favorite people <laughs> like we just somewhere along the line we buried the hatch and i think it was just a matter of time actually you know what now that i'm talking about it i think what happened was do you remember i actually did have to go away for a couple of weeks i had some family yeah um tragedies happen and I was excused from the show for about two weeks. Um, and I don't know if that was just came at the perfect time because then I came back and it was just one of those, it was almost like a reset button. I'd been there long enough. I left for a couple of weeks. I yeah. came back and the energy was just a little different, you know? And I think and, it allowed people to get their egos in check Yeah, yeah. and get back to the mentality. Oh, we're all being paid the same. <laughs> right. <laughs> And, and that, you know, I think that that's as a, as a, as a performer, that natural competitiveness breeds, you know, that animosity, that jealousy sure. and that, oh, totally. And that it, and, but it sometimes prevents us from, you know, allowing ourselves to have really great interactions mm-hmm. with really fabulous people. Totally. And the, I love that's perfect. That's a great way to say it. So yeah, I have nothing to add to that. But yeah. but I have I would be remiss if I didn't mention that that it ended up working out famously. And we and, had a, and I really I really loved every, all, all those boys. I really did. So it everybody actually felt a little weird to, to tell be. that story, but it, it's true <laughs> and it is what happened. And the reality is, everybody wanted to be on our side of the room. Okay, so we let's talk about always, that. Let's talk about that. Our side of the room. <laughs> describe, but describe it for people so, who don't know. So the the men's dressing room was set up like a U, and. If you're looking at the U, we were on the like left side of it, which is the furthest away from anybody in authority. <laughs> <laughs> and we were blocked by yes. all of the costumes. We so, were. so when our company manager or assistant company manager would come in the room, they wouldn't see us. Right. So we could be And we had a minute to like we had, get so our we, we act had together like, if we, we were had doing like something wrong. Warning. Yeah, we that, had a warning. That they yeah. were coming. And so we would we would laugh, we would have fun, and it happened to be that all the guys on that side of the room were, I think, just genuinely just good cool. People. Yeah, we were just cool. Yeah, and, we had Alejandro over there. We had Logan. We had Jamie. We had um, uh, Chad. Me and you. That was it. Yeah, and we had and Justin. Justin Driscoll went over. Came moved over to Justin our side. Moved over he did, wasn't there initially. But and Panaji was over there with us for he. Well, he, no, Panaji. Well, maybe, but I was when he. I came in when he left, so okay. I never did the show with him. Okay. Um, but we had a really great group of guys over there that just like, we were all 
I think, really good at our jobs. We were. But we were also... We worked hard and played hard. We did. And I think that was the real good balance with us. We would go out after the show and have fun. And Girl, you know I was out every <laughs> night after that and show. And the other, like, real Sometimes I would start drinking in the show. No, <laughs> that Russian water. Listen, <laughs> I feel like we could talk about it now. I mean, we're going to get in trouble over this. Right. There, there was, were they there, it, wasn't, it definitely wasn't nightly, but no. there, was, there were a couple times where we had a bottle of vodka hidden underneath our vanity or something. And you know what? Maybe or champagne. Or champs. Just some champs. It was fine. It and, was we, fine. and we got through the show and we, we were fine. We nailed it. We nailed, nailed it. Our it. performance got better as the night went on. Okay, so moving on. Um, now we're in the show. Everyone's good. We're getting along. Everything's great. You know, the show's running like a machine. It's clockwork, you know. Um, you had mentioned earlier in this interview that you, one of the reasons that you wanted to come to Vegas was so you could take a lot of your clothes off. Absolutely. And honey, did we ever get to take our clothes off I in that w- show? I think I was <laughs> one of the only people that loved the Samson thong. So let's just, again, just, I'm sure most, I'm sure the majority of people listening understand, but I just want to be inclusive here. Um, if you haven't seen the show, the Samson and Delilah number... A great number, by the way. But it was, it was the, the best number in the best show. Best number in the show. Visually stunning. I mean, everything was great because it was like pyro and everything. And it was just great. But everybody in that number was just wearing a leather G-string. Yep. And a smile. Yep. You know? <laughs> and a pair of sandals. And a pair of sandals that laced up <laughs> to our knees, honey. Oh, girl. you remember? Okay, so so anyway, so just there's your visual, okay? So, um, so needless to say, you know, we're pretty naked. And, you know, you cannot you can't hide, hide any, anything. Le- the girls had fishnets on. And At fish, least the girls had fishnets, fish yeah. Fishnets hide a lot of things. Especially girl, we were The boys out there. were, you were in a thong. Yeah. And that was it. Do you remember, there were a couple times, there was a boy... <laughs> Okay, I won't say his name because I'm not going to be that shady. But there was a boy when I was in the show the first time. He wasn't there when you were there. Um, that he used to consistently forget his personal G. <laughs> he used so to gross. have to do the Samson and Delilah number with nothing under. <laughs> un- oh, no. with- and you were always like, what if it breaks? Because it's only being held together by one by clasp one and a prayer. Like one hook and a prayer, honey. Right? And who, know- who knows how old that thread is? Girl, like, let's not even begin right? to tug on that thread. Yeah. In so- those costumes. Oh, God. Uh, I mean, like, how many people's asses have that, 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 that oh, G string been so up? excited for that G. So, when so tell I- me about it. When I went into the show, I had, I was a, not even a year out of college from Oklahoma. I had, I mean, we had to wear bot, like leotard, male leotards to ballet classes. Yeah, out. me too. Yeah, That's how for sure. We were clothed from basically our ankle to our neck. So I'm getting in this thong. And so I'm learning. And Samson. you're just feeling liberated yes. by the moment. <laughs> but there was one spot I was dreading. Okay. And so in about halfway through the men make a circle around one of the featured dancers and there was one boy that was the ass to the audience like boy. just dead just center dead center th- with and, your and you're butt. also like in kind of like child's pose yes. if you know if you know yoga where you're kind of just like it's all it's hanging out basically like spread cheeks yeah. like it's, and, it's and not flattering i don't know why no. they never switched that blocking around but they never did <laughs> they never did and there was and you were right at the audience you were there you were like less than a foot away from the first person in like the they could tell if you yeah. had waxed or yeah. not so i'm learning the show and um the dance captain at the time named wade gives me my spot and i'm the ass of the audience boy <laughs> and my face but you loved it i i was so excited for it and i I was ready for it. I was ready for it. Opening night comes. I'm in the wings and I'm having like a mental breakdown. 
Oh my god! Because it's like because it's less it's than one a minute. thing to know that you're about to do this, but yeah. then to also because then, then you're also standing there in this g-string, which again, you guys, you're feeling a, the the wind from every angle. Like, yes, you like, are just you are you're basically naked, and it's it's one thing to know that, but then to also all of a sudden be standing there ready to run on run, and also run. run. We had to run <laughs> like, on stage carrying those wet leather yes. whips. You know what I mean? Like I like, and you're just like I'm about to go show everybody my ass. My ass. <laughs> <laughs> no, not even just your hands. Your hands. Oh. Like, there's my balloon knot, kids. Like, I can remember. I swear it was a wings. family show, though. <laughs> I can. Rem- I was in the wings, and I was having a mental breakdown. And and I remember the guy behind me saying, "Just do the." Who was it? Um, his name was Chaz. I don't remember him. Okay. And you never did the show. He was only there my first contract. Oh, okay, gotcha. And he and he could feel that I was having. A panic attack. Oh no! And he's like, "Just do the choreography." He's like, "It's fine." Just don't think about it. He's just like, do it. "Just, yeah. just do it." And so I go out there and I do it, and we're doing the circle, and I'm, I probably oh, had God. what like, happened? Oh God, what the happened? Biggest <laughs> smile on my face because nobody. Oh, the only the people directly across from me can see the. Yeah, the audience but, can't see your face. No, but yeah. I'm. I probably because of like how he a was Boy positioned. Scout that's about to meet like the president smile on his face. <laughs> In a thong, and I'm just going through the motions. What was the entertainer doing? The girl, the girl in the center is named. The, it was the entertainer yeah. track. Who was it? Was it Marlena? No, it was Patsy. Oh God, <laughs> I love it. <laughs> and I, she, I, it she was, was gorgeous. She was. I mean, she probably had a good laugh at my expense, which I'm totally <laughs> fine with. But and then the first time my parents came to the show, I felt like I had to prep them. Oh, I was shoot. like, okay, mom, dad, you know I'm going to be a thong, but you're going to. I'm the ass to the audience, boy for circle and it was fine my Did mom they was like, know that you actually said that to them like that? oh yeah I said it just like that oh, oh yeah, yeah i was it. like i wasn't bullshitting at all like, yeah, to my yeah. parents and i remember my mom saying you know what i put a diaper on it i've seen it before <laughs> you danced on your bunk bed naked for the babysitters it's nothing i'm not i'm not going to be embarrassed about go out and have a good show have fun and you know i had fantastic parents in that respect that they were like yep yeah, it's fine Whatever. You're well, not- that's good because when my mom saw the show, she told me I needed to do more butt shaping exercises. <laughs> so thanks. <laughs> At least you had support. So, you <laughs> Which, know- by the way, my ass was fine. Right. I wouldn't have been in the show if my ass wasn't, wasn't no. okay. <laughs> that was part of our audition process. <laughs> um, but, you know, I was so excited to be... The- and I loved being the ass to the audience boy. And it was probably the worst moment... <laughs> But like the funniest moment was getting to be a swing in Samson Delilah because I lost the ass to the audience yeah. position. And every time I would go back into that spot, I'd be like, yes, home base. I don't even need to review anything. <laughs> See, no, well, you know, again, I'm glad you had that experience. I, I personally never, well, I guess I, guess I hadn't really thought about it that deeply. I mean, I would have done it if they asked me to, but like. I was just not in that in that spot. You yeah. know, I was I was actually, You were in the back. You were the I was one in of the, the back. Waivers. I was one of the ones who got to stand up. Yeah. Um, which I was fine with. Like yeah, but you never got those bruises on your knees from those friggin' buckles. Well, I had bruises on my knees from other things. <laughs> other but things. no, yeah. I'm kidding. Much more constructive I'm kidding. No, I no 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 no, totally. Um no, I was perfectly happy being in the back, just waving like my arms with the with the yes. featured girl. Like we just you know, we had our moment there. Um but you had to you must have felt that they were a little flattered that, oh they, that they put you in that role I, because they would have never put someone in that role that was that, that didn't have, have a been, good butt. That didn't. Thank I you. won yeah. best buns of the cast for like four years. <laughs> I and it was it was something I was super proud of. 
I think I won best hair. (laughs) (laughs) Or most hairstyles or something, because I went through so many of that contract. I don't remember. My favorite part of it was I used to love going out for like processional, which was the beginning of Samson and Delilah. And you would see the table right at ass to the audience person. Like you you would be like, and you would be like, it would be like, it would be like, Jersey Shore guys, and you're like, you have no idea what's, what's about to come, <laughs> and I would just live for it. And we did like a, I did a pivot turn right on zero, and you did a little like, hair flip. And no, I yeah. would just look right at them and do that pivot turn, and I loved it. Honey. I loved it because they would get so uncomfortable. Oh, I'm sure, so uncomfortable, so and it was, it was a power trip because I was like, mm, those muscles. You're now, like, whether you, you like it or not, <laughs> honey. Here's my ass. She's coming. <laughs> <laughs> so it was I loved oh it God. I loved it I love it no well listen I did too and it, it was a little freeing kind of you know to be like because that's the thing too I, I feel like I've always envisioned myself too like sometimes I'll flash forward in my head you know obviously it's it's already in the past now but I mean I'll flash forward years from now and I'm, I'm envisioning myself as like you know, a senior citizen, you know, age, age group and like rocking in a rocking chair, if they even make those still <laughs> in, the, in the future and like telling my grandkids, even though I don't plan on having kids, but you just bear yeah, with me, I got bear you. with me with I the vision, you, you know, and I'm, <laughs> I'm like envisioning myself, like telling them, yeah, once upon, once, once upon a time, I was a real Las Vegas show boy. I don't know why I have emphysema when I'm older because I don't smoke now, but that's just how I envision you know it. It's, but you know what I mean? it's, It is what it is. It's your senior citizen but name. It, but it is. It's just like, it's that realization that, that you know, as much as we're laughing, this, this was an iconic show. Yeah. Jubilee was the longest running show in Las Vegas. It was Bob Mackie costumes, iconic choreography. It was just so beautiful it was opulent it, you will never see anything like no, this again never ever ever again. and we were both a part of that you know and, it, and, it, and it's something to be said you know i think you always hear about the show girl and and i know the name of my show is girl but you know what i mean but to to be very specific right now it, it's it you know the showboy sometimes doesn't get as much credit well and i think that's something because that we is... really did we worked just as hard. Absolutely. And um, I think we worked. The, the well, boys we probably worked, worked a, arguably harder sometimes. The boys spent the most time on the stage. Yeah. The, o- o- over any of the lines. Um, and, you know, when I was in the show, it used to really irritate me that everything was about the show girl. And now looking back on it, you know. I get why. A show girl. But because they're, they're, they're beautiful. And they yeah, get to wear it, the big costumes. It's and what it, they're gorgeous. Like they deserve the attention, but somehow sometimes we got lost in the, in the shadow. Absolutely. Unintentionally. I think. But I also think, you know, now looking back on the show, you know, the show girl wasn't an individual girl. It was the production. It was the production. You're it, right. It was the production itself. And that's what was the icon was that production. hundred percent. And yep. without the boys, without the bluebells, without the nudes, which, Nudes, they were only topless. They, let's just clear that one up. But we called them. The I think nude I think okay. if people could figure that out, okay. when you're like, if you're in the nude line, it means they, you're, you're they were the topless, topless girls. girls. Yeah, and then um, the other girls were called the bluebells. Yeah, the covered girls were the bluebells. But without all of those part those parts going together, and then putting in the singers, the specialty acts, you know, without all those pieces working in a in a synergetic way, you know, the show never would have happened, and the show was the icon yes. and that's really what the showgirl is it's that iconic 100% perf- I that agree. iconic variety show i think to no 100% totally agree with that um but just to pivot just slightly 
because um, what you said was just so eloquent, and I've got, I've got nothing to add. But <laughs> but just in regards to the, t- the the label of Showboy, which I actually wanted to, I wanted it's kind of interesting to me because I feel like for me personally, I feel like when I was younger and when I was in the show the first time, um, we weren't called Showboys. It was we were the we were male dancers, and um and somewhere in the 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 immediate years following that the the term showboy started to be more accepted and yeah. i thought it was i i was a little i'm a little fascinated by it and now you say it like it's nothing but i remember i do remember when i used to hear some of the boys say oh, i'm a showboy and i remember thinking is that a joke or are we really saying that now because we were never called showboys yeah. but it really there's really no other way to say it that's what we were yeah. and I, it's just kind of fascinating to me how the the terminology has shifted well i think it was as the show was you you know what i'm trying absolutely. to say right? yeah. because when i came into the show we it was we were male dancers and we evolved into this this showboy persona sure and i think that's kind of what it became um, as we hired, or as as the as the show hired younger and younger dancers, it became a persona that we all kind of played on and, that and we were, adopted. Yeah, and you were and happy adopted. to and you we, know and embrace, I, embraced it. I wore it as a badge of honor. That oh, I, I would was, too. That I was a showboy because when that term really came came on the on the scene. Follies had closed, and that was our that was the other showgirl show down at, at the Tropicana was Follies, and they had a male dancer line mm-hmm. was structured very similar to what Jubilee was. And when Follies closed, but Jubilee you know, was so much prettier. It was and, and <laughs> just it, saying, and it was they were a both great shows. Show. But I'm just saying, yeah. Um, but when Follies closed, you know, it really put an emphasis even more on Jubilee that we were the last. We were that last we were that Vegas last, style, iconic Vegas yeah. showgirl, showboy style show. Exactly. And I think that's when, when Follies closed, I think it really upped the ante of, you know, we are, we're now not dancers. We are part of this icon. We're part of this history. We are a family of, of people that have been a part of this legend. And it now is a legend. It is because yeah. you can see portions of it on YouTube and, but you know, you can't go down to Bally's and see it anymore. I know it's crazy. Um, so, you know, and it's that, that I think is something that's a really kind of cool that it is, you know, all these people that have been in, in this amazing production that was Jubilee, you know, we are sometimes a dysfunctional family of a legend. I agree. And, I love that. And, and I and I Jubilee next to being in college was one of one of the best times of my life. I love that. It was one of the hardest times of my life. Mm-hmm. But I would. But so rewarding. It was amazing. I'll agree with that. I mean, you know, I was in the show two different times, um, and both times were different experiences. But both times, I have very very fond memories yeah. of being in that show. Um, Fun question. Who's your favorite showgirl? Oh, shit. <laughs> and you have to okay. pick one. Okay. You have to pick one. I know exactly who it was. Okay. Who? It was, so when I went into the show, there was this goddess in my, in my view. I, she was my Samson partner for the destruction scene. Her name was Tiffany. She was six. She had to be six two. Tiffany out of Johnson. Here. Tiffany Johnson. Oh, so she gorgeous. She was this statuesque, stunning, like African American. Imagine girl. Naomi Campbell and yeah. Tyra Banks put together. Uh, put together, and she's nice. 
and she laughs. And I can remember opening night again, I just did ask the audience boy. Now I have to literally run across the stage again towards this Amazon Tiffany Tiffany Johnson, who is gorgeous, stunning. So and I have stunning. To, I have to pretend to beat her up, and she's taller than me. <laughs> and and I can remember she and I can remember kind of getting lost, and she flashes this big smile as I'm. She can see I'm getting a little flustered of where what my path ah, is. She flashes the smile at me as come come to me. Yeah, and we we did it. No, she had been because she had been in the show prior as yes. well. She had she was like me. She had left and come back a couple of times. Yeah. So wait, she actually I remember seeing her at the final performance. Um, uh, you know, as uh, there was so many alumni in the audience that night, and then there was a reception after, and I remember seeing her, and she just looked better than ever. You I know, don't think she ages. No, exactly. And I remember, <laughs> I remember saying to her, I was just like, okay, Miss Thing. I was like, listen, because I, at that point, I don't think I'd seen her in like five or six years, you know, or something like that, yeah. you know? And I said, listen, I was like, I don't know what you did or what you're doing. Like, I was like, I don't know if you sold your soul to the devil, but if you <laughs> did, but if you did, it was worth it right? because you look amazing. Like you look better than ever. Like you don't age. Like she, yeah. and, and like you said, she also has one of the most amazing Personality. personalities and she's just so kind. So it just, she's the full package. That's for sure. So she would be, she would be my icon. Okay. So my showgirl. Do you know who mine is? I'm going to guess Marlena. No. Well, okay. Well now I'm going to sound awful. If I don't <laughs> I'm going to guess that would have been. Listen, guess. no, listen, I, of course I have mad respect for Marlena all day, every day. Um, but I have to say my favorite showgirl is Katie Carew. All right. All day. I can respect that. Yeah. Just so gorgeous. She yeah. was basically everything you said about Tiffany yeah. is how I felt about, about Katie. You know, and she's and just Katie gorgeous, glamazon, tall, beautiful, kind, nice, loving, talented. talented. I mean, the full package. Yep. Katrina Caro, honey. Got it, girl. Girl. Katie yeah. Caro. But then there's like, and that's even a toss up for me because there was an, another um, girl towards the end. She came in about halfway through my, um, through my career at Jubilee. And then, is she's still a part of my life. Um, Kat Schwing, who was the final face of Jubilee. Yeah. And she's another one of my, my favorite, one of my favorite people yeah. in the world. But you know, she, as a showgirl, she really embodied it. Oh, totally. And she yeah. respected it. And she respected everybody in the show. Whether you were a boy coming into the show, a boy leaving the show, a girl leaving the show, whether you were switching lines, she was one of the most just kind-hearted, loving people, and still is to this day. I, rem- I remember when... <laughs> so she used to sit on the other side of the wall. She did. Yeah. So like you... Yeah, so you're in our dressing room, me and Bobby, you know, sitting next to each other, and the other side of the, of the shared wall was... Where the tall was exact, it, Where the tall <laughs> And it was exactly where Kat was sitting. And I remember when I left the show um, the second time, and, you know, I elected to leave. I, I, I just wanted to do other things. Um, I wasn't fired or anything. <laughs> but I remember when I left, and I remember she said, she said something to me that I always thought was funny. She was just like, I'm going to so... It was her way of saying I'm going to miss you, but she was like, I'm just going to I'm just gonna miss hearing share music blaring through the outlets of the wall every day now that you're not going to be here because we were just blaring share. we had a share candle we, we had a pray- share candle we, we a prayed, prayer candle we had a prayer to, we prayed to her every night but you know <laughs> catch swing 
I adore her with every fiber of my being. Her and I sat on the other side of the wall almost our entire career until we both became dance captain. And we would sit there and I would like tap like the Morris code on the wall. I would, I don't know what I would say, but she would respond with something and it just would, <laughs> it would make my night. I love and it. I just, she's another, she would she's be a gorgeous. close, close contender with yeah. Tiffany. All right. So those are our, our showgirl picks. Um, <laughs> there you have it. The and there you have it. Don't send me any hate mail. Don't, I know, I know, I'm afraid. I feel like we really have. We've been we've been very transparent in right? this conversation about Jubilee, about Uh-oh. the dupes. So, okay. Do you remember any times, though? Obviously, you know, we're doing a show that we do 12 times a week. Yep. It's it's very much muscle memory on certain days. Oh, yeah. Um, and... But can you, I remember there was one time for me, I'll tell my story first and then I want to hear if you have anything similar. Knowing that sometimes, you know, when it is just muscle memory, um, out of nowhere, one day I just drew, drew a blank on the spot in the moment and I just could not catch up. Like I was in the middle, it was in the middle of the disco number Perfect. and I was on the elevator and I was like, I started off okay, but then I missed one step and then I was lost the rest of the number. I could not get back on it. (laughs) And that's the thing too. It's like when it's become so part of just, when it becomes so habitual. Yeah. And again, I don't, don't misunderstand. I'm not saying I was phoning it in, so to speak. It just becomes so habitual that if you get, sometimes if it it, just, depending on whatever day you're having that day, we're human. Like something threw me off that day and I could not catch the damn (laughs) beat. And I remember all the boys around me were laughing because they thought it was hilarious. And (laughs) I was probably one of them. You were probably one of them. And I remember Diane was in the audience, our company manager at the time, or I think she was still the assistant company manager but it doesn't matter but either way um and i remember her coming to the dressing room after that number we were changing to get into the titanic number uh-huh. and i remember her she just said she was something about like uh she said ken it was ken uh, or wade i can't it was remember. wade oh, god who was the dance captain wade so she was like so wade um Bill lost his mind during disco, <laughs> but like she said it loud enough so we could all hear. And then, it, but it, it was playful, you yeah. know. But it was it was playful with that touch of like, don't ever do that again. Right. You know what I mean? Which I, I noticed. Get, which I get. Like, like, don't think we didn't see you do that. Right. And I get it. I would be the same way, you know, if I was the manager. But it was just so funny. We had this. We had this. We called it the donut. There was that the there golden was donut. The golden donut that we, which was just a prop. I don't. <laughs> remember. It wasn't a real donut. It no. Was, what was it? It, it was, was like a. It was like a. A, a pool floaty wrapped yeah. in like gold, gold sparkle. <laughs> yeah, it was something weird. And so, but it was just that was what got passed around when backstage in the cast. Disease. If you if you did if you did something really dumb or really when messed you up big, when you messed up and everybody, everybody like, saw everybody yeah. knows you got the donut. And I remember, <laughs> so I got the donut for that, obviously. But then I remember. <laughs> <laughs> then I remember it going to somebody else maybe a day or two later for something. I don't remember what. But immediately after it went to someone else, it came back. we went out to do processional for Samson and Delilah, and I dropped my shield. <laughs> <laughs> you got the donut again. And, she, and I remember Diane coming back. And you know, and again, I always felt like I had a very good relationship you with Diane. Good- I, and I love her. I adore her. Actually, I miss her. I, I wish I, I hadn't lost touch with her. But... Um, she kind of came in and she came in that back door, that mm-hmm. back way of our, our dressing room. Cause you know, Bobby and I, as we said, we're, we're in Towards kind of back. a corner and she came in the, the, to the 
inches closest we to us. Like uh, on purpose too, right. you know. And she was holding it, and she was also kind of like tapping her feet. She had that statuesque mm-hmm. like stance on and she just she came in she went bill and she just shook the donut in my head and everybody just started everybody laughing because they were like yeah bill had to do it. she's like you just got rid of this right. I'm like, i know so what about you like what is there ever a time where you lost your mind on stage oh, absolutely <laughs> i mean the amount of times when i was a full swing in the show i would get lost and you're and it, for me the problem number was always top hat because there okay. were 45 oh, there of were us so many different 45 angles. of us on stage and i can remember one point getting up coming up over the stairs and not remembering where to go so i <laughs> That's stood a panic moment so i just stood in the to middle to see where the hole would be I stood yeah cuz you were waiting for everybody else to go to their spot until and everybody hit their spot <laughs> and i was like oh there i am <laughs> Which isn't like that's not right. But when you got, <laughs> but when you got there, did you at least remember what you should do? Yes. in that spot. Okay, but good. I was, well, that's good. At but least. for like the first thirty seconds of the number, you just have this fool hanging yeah. out in the back, just getting <laughs> in every, every, just hanging out on zero because he knew that's where nobody would trample him. <laughs> but then I can. The other one that really sticks in my it wasn't a mess up, but there was a time where, like Bill had said, you run on muscle memory. Yeah. I cannot remember doing finale. <laughs> I can remember going out for my first position and then the curtain closing. And, <laughs> and I can remember the curtain closing and thinking to myself, oh my God, did I not move the whole number? Because, but you did, I, right? I, I obviously you did because somebody would, because I was that top, uh, I was at the top of the staircase. Okay, so somebody gotcha. would have pushed me. But that, <laughs> but that one spot, you began the number and ended the number in the same spot. Yeah. So I can remember the curtain coming down before the encore. And, and you're thinking, like, wait, did I even... thinking... You had like a hallucinogenic moment. I, can, can, I thought to myself, oh my God, I didn't move the whole number and they just went around me. Oh my God. <laughs> and I still, to this day... You don't know if you did it? I have no idea if I did it. But nobody said anything <laughs> Nobody right? said anything to me. So I assume <laughs> I did, but I but still you never. Out. But actually, you re- it's actually probably a toss-up, but you really yeah, might not have done anything. It's a 50-50 <laughs> shot. Let me tell you something. Do you remember also? Oh my God! Now, okay, sorry. I don't want to keep going. I, 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 I'm having fun with this, but um, I hope everyone else is having fun listening to it. But um, do you remember doing finale on the parasol? Yes. And just that thing would shake, 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 honey. And there it, were some days when you. <laughs> tell, wait, but wait. Explain to people what it is. So there was this. Um, the finale of the of the show, the performers would circle the entire audience. So they would go up the sides of the stages. The curtains would open. There would be a side stage there. And then this bridge would come down over the top of the yeah, audience. Yeah, it would come down from, from, the, from ceiling. the ceiling. It was like retractable. Yeah. And we and the, the dancers would go out onto this bridge. And but it was held up by wires, so it would shake. And, <laughs> and the choreography was quite bouncy. It was real bouncy. Yeah. And I can remember when I would swing into Gershwin, and you had like a new girl, yeah. or a new guy up there. <laughs> Everybody would go full tilt just to make just it to shake. freak them out. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> and it was so mean, but oh my god, we would just live, live for it, and bounce that thing, just bouncing, honey, like, like it was a trampoline. Yes, like thank God it never. It, like all the wires always. Thank God they held. Yeah, exactly. But I can. It would bounce, and then you would step off of it onto like the um, onto the side stage, which was part of the main house. And it would be like you would be have like ship, like you got off a cruise ship. You're like, oh, is it still moving? No, it's solid. (laughs) (laughs) Oh my god. 
<laughs> so many funny memories. But like we had so much fun in the show. So now I left the show, mm-hmm. you stayed, I did. and then you became dance captain. Tell me what that experience was like. It was, it was my first leadership role ever okay. in my life. And it was a really hard transition because you move from being one of the girls, one of the guys, to, you to now, being the boss. To now, and you have to enforce, you have, you you have have to enforce be a, rules. Yeah. You, have to, you have to maintain the integrity of the show. You have to give show. notes. You yeah. have to take notes. You have to reprimand people. It was you, a job I never wanted. So like, bravo was, to you for doing it. it you was were great at it. I know you were great job. at it. It was a hard job, but it was something I truly loved. Like I loved teaching the show. Sure. I loved it. I loved watching the show when I got an opportunity to watch the show. I liked taking notes and it really helped me evolve as a leader sure. and, and unexpectedly it turned out to be something I really loved. Like I enjoy being a leader. I enjoy reading about how to be a good leader and you know, that's really when my first reflection on show in the sky was like, I knew you remembered how, back to I remember how, how I was given show, notes yeah. and I can remember consciously saying, I don't want to be like that. I don't want to talk down to someone and I don't want to make somebody feel like I'm trying to be superior to them. No, I want you to come up to the potential that I know that you're capable of. Sure. And I think just coming at, at, constructive criticism with that that love and that that i want you to be as good as i know you can be it 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 completely changes how people assimilate whatever it is you're telling them Mm -hmm. and that's something that i learned real quickly and made the conscious effort to to learn quickly um dance captain was one of the it was an incredibly fulfilling thing for me. Good. I, I love, love it. I loved it. I loved redesigning how the blocking book went. Mm-hmm. I rem- and you did. I remember that. You like re... I redesigned how... All of it. Basically, the three, the male line, the nude line, and the bluebell line worked before we were names. So we had to change this, you know, 200-page blocking book every six months. Mm-hmm. And when I was in maybe my... After maybe my first year, I was like, this is freaking stupid to go through <laughs> to this keep cha- to yeah, keep exactly, changing yeah. it. And I was like, why don't we just give each track a letter? Your track A, your track B, and then you just have to change on that homepage sure, for each number sure. who is in each track. And that filtered over into the rest of the show. And it was a really fulfilling thing. And it was, you know, a testament to our, our leaders in the show. Our company manager at the time was Diane Palm. And our assistant company manager was Suzanne Swanson to them actually look at it and be like, no, that's actually kind of smart. Yeah. Let's, like, go ahead and do that. I love it. I love it. And, you know, that is, you know, I, I have so much respect looking back on our company managers in Jubilee, because that's a brutal job. It's a hard job, yeah. And they were so good at it. Listen, I have I, I agree. And I, you know, I had well you you as well, obviously. Um we had the pleasure of working with both. Mm-hmm. We had we did have fluff uh initially and then and then Diane. And then Diane. Um and much respect to both of them. And I can't, I mean I can't say enough thing nice things no, about both I can't of either. those women. They both even in just in my 
you know, experience with them just for two seconds. They both op- welcomed me with open arms many times. Yep. Um, they were so lovely. They were so kind and they were always so supportive. Yeah. They were, they were hard they were on hard. us. They were hard on us, but it was, but you can tell there's a difference when somebody's being hard on you for some, for their own ego or their own power trip, as opposed to somebody who's being hard on you to make you better. Yeah. And it was always the latter with them. Absolutely. And 100%. 100%. And they, um, I mean, they, I remember they asked me to come back a couple times before, before that one time when I came back. So, I mean, like I just meant, I just, I always felt the love yeah. from Diane and Fluff. And, and I think Diane did. She carried the torch you know, when she when she took over after, you know, Fluff left, you know, I think she did it with so much grace. And, she did an, an um, amazing an job. An amazing job. Yeah. And she, when we went through the whole revamp, she handled herself with so much poise and... She is very poised. I have actually, like, adm- always admired that about her. Yeah. She always kept her cool. And there was a... And I think... Which I don't. So I, I, I admire that in people who always can keep their cool. <laughs> So now you were there uh, also during the time where they decided to do a massive revamp on this show. Yes. They brought a new choreographer, um, Frank Gaston Jr. Mm-hmm. Um, literally gave him full creative control, correct? Yes. And you were there for that. The show actually shut down for the first time yeah. in, what, 30 years to do this process. Yeah. Um, so you were there for all of that. So talk to me a little bit about what that experience was like. It was another experience for me that was a little bit like Show in the Sky. Okay. Where I'm super thankful that I went through it. It taught me all uh, who I wanted to be like and who I never wanted to be like. Um, when, when Frank and his team came in, there were some people on his team that were amazing. They were humble. They were... Um, they wanted to make people better. They wanted to make the show better. It wasn't about what they wanted. It was they wanted to, to be a part of this process. And then there were sure. the other people that it was just pure ego. Gotcha. And, you know, you know back on the topic of, of Diane and her always being so poised, you know, there was, when we were in rehearsals for that, we were in our blocking rehearsal. We were getting ready to open. And I can remember a situation happening in the showroom and it's, pro- it's one of my biggest regrets where she was in a situation and I know I should have stepped in. Okay, what and happened? She was in a, in a fight with, with Frank. Oh, wow. And it was, and, no, sorry, it wasn't with Frank. It was with Frank's assistant. Okay. And he was getting aggressive. And I can remember thinking to myself, someone needs to step in. In, in front of in front of him and say back off sure like sit down sure and it's one of my biggest my biggest regrets that i that i didn't do it and i didn't like I, at that point in that process i was kind of beat down enough where i didn't know if i could i get that no, and I if get i was going to yeah. be fired for it and i mean it's it's just such a and it's, it's a crappy situation that yeah. you had a couple seconds to make a decision on and in, it's one of those decisions in, yeah. that i look back at and I wish I had handled it differently. Well, I mean, you know, Diane Palm can handle herself. I do, you, that girl, so, she is a boss ass bitch. If I've never met, if I've ever is, met one, you know what I mean. And she's just amazing, so powerful. She's su- she has such and a great, she's so confident presence. She knows yeah. who she is, and she will be damned if anybody's going to tell her different. It's another. It was another learning situation for me, and. Since then, if I've seen a situation like that, I have. I'm not a. I do not enjoy conflict. 
but it is something that I made that conscious decision when I knew I should have stepped in and been by her side. Okay. I now make the conscious decision, nope, I'm going to stand beside this person and whatever happens, happens. Did you I, ever tell her that? I don't think so. Okay. And I've lost contact with her. She might be, she might be <laughs> but it, it, it really is one of those things. And I think about it every now and then, like, I, I wish I had done something. Wow. And I think that is something, I think we're all in those situations at some point sure. in our lives. Sure, sure, sure. And they are, they're defining moments. And since then, I have stepped in and voiced my concern, my opinion, and been able to be confident in myself enough to say, if I lose my position, my job, my client over this situation, I'm okay with that. Okay. I love, yeah, I get that. And, and that is another thing that Diane Palm taught me. Yeah. And, and that, that's a, a truly amazing gift. Um, with the rest of the revamp, I mean, it was a catastrophe. Let's call a spade a spade. But the show was already ending at that point. And I think that I, I commend Caesars Entertainment for trying to keep the show alive. And the show is often referred to as it was, it was a time capsule of what Vegas used to be. And I think that's ultimately really what killed the show is it, there was no way to update it. There was no way to, to bring it into the, the, the 21st century. And I commend what they tried to do and they invested a bunch of money in it and it just, it just ended the show. Yeah. Because, but the yeah. show, I, it, in defense of Caesars, it was already ending. Yeah. Like we were performing to 50% capacity theaters before it was the cool thing to do yeah. with COVID. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Like exactly. we would have been killing it in the time <laughs> if the show was still open now. Um, so, you know, it was, it was really sad to see the show go and see the show close. Cause it was sad, but I have to say, I remember that night you have a different perspective because in perception, because you were on stage, but that night, that final show, the energy in that room was amazing. was unfathomable. It was just so loving and, and inclusive and kind and, and, and almost, um, uh, nostalgic. It was one of the best performance performances ever well because the majority of the people in the audience were alumni of the show yeah and so there were huge fans of the show fans like like lifelong fans they had some sort of emotional investment in the show yes and you guys killed it you nailed it it was such a good oh you guys were were so you guys also ended with a very very talented cast we did i will say that and i think we always had diane and the company manager and assistant company manager no matter when in history they were in in their positions, I think they always hired good people um, and and talent the most talented people that were available at that time. Of course, and we yeah. ended with a really talented cast. You did, you really did. So, and that last performance was it was a high another performance highlight for me. Sure, there's a, there's a couple I that it. I that I remember that are like really like really standout moments of my performance career. And that closing performance was one of them. And I was super blessed at that time because 
I had put in my notice that I was going to leave the show before we got notice that the show was closing. Oh, yeah. I, so, didn't, oh, I didn't know that. I yeah. didn't know that that was the timeline. Okay. So I had already... So you had already mentally prepared, mentally prepared yourself prepared to depart. It. Yes. Yes. And, and in that respect, I was super lucky because other people were blindsided Yeah. and didn't know what to do. They'd, they were planning on this job for the long haul because it had been around for so long. And so I was super lucky that I, I think I, that last performance, I even did it with a different perspective. Like I was prepared for this to be my last show. And I ended with, I think the best last show, because even if I had left on my own terms, I never would have had an audience like that. I love it. And that is something that is, you know, it's a, it's a, it's a notch on my performance bedpost that I can say, I, I went Ended my performance career with the single best performance I will have ever had. I love it. I love it. And you did. It was, yeah. it was amazing. Jubilee was really a, an amazing point in my life. I think I grew up in that, in that show. Um, I went into it. I was 23, super green, super naive. And I left the show and I grew up. I was 33 at the time. I was in the show for eight and a half years. And I met some of the most amazing people I've ever had the privilege of meeting. And I've met some of my best friends, my three best friends in the world I met because of Jubilee and became friends with them that I am today with them because of that show. Um, and it was, it was sad to see it close and that nobody would get that experience that I had in it. But a part of me was also happy that it closed because I didn't want it to go, go down any, anywhere past where it already was. I wanted it to end on a high note the way it deserved to go out. I love it. Yeah, yeah I, I agree with that. So moving on from the jubes. The jubes. Um, now you work for uh, an entertainment company yep. uh, called Champagne Creative Group, which is uh, a, a obviously very well-respected company here based out of Las Vegas, but they do work all over the country. Yeah, we actually do. We only do maybe 30% of our work here in Las Vegas. Really, it, we service the, we bring Las Vegas basically to the rest of the country. I love it. So yeah. why don't, yeah, why don't you just describe your role and what the company does? So Champagne Creative Group is based out of Las Vegas, but we bring entertainment to corporate and special events around the country. And we do that by paying respect to the local community and try our best to hire from that local pool of talent. Um, to my bosses, it's a super important respect thing. Um, and it's something that I respect about my bosses because there is always a pool of talent no matter where we are in the country. Um, and my, I, I started the, the, with the company as just like a salesperson dealing directly with the clients. And now I'm currently the senior account manager. So I deal with the, the largest clients, the um, most uh detailed events i i deal with a lot of the highly detail oriented clients i love it and the 
biggest project. She's she's the most important, is what we're saying. <laughs> I mean, <laughs> no, I mean, I I get, girl, listen, take it, honey. <laughs> I get it. Um, okay, so just 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 so we're completely clear, um, can you elaborate just a little bit more on what your day to day looks like? So I I work in the office five days a week, and what I primarily do my first and foremost focus is dealing directly with the clients. So I deal with the proposal writing, contract writing, uh, invoicing. And then once all that is done, I also follow through with all of the details of their specific events. Sure, sure. So on average, uh, I'm currently, like my 2019 numbers were I did about 700 events around the country. And that's something from uh, everything from, you know, one-off events to I also deal with all of our ongoing programs. So one of our, one of my feathers in my cap is the Marquee Showgirl program down at Marquee Nightclub. Okay. Uh, We have four choreographed dancers down there on Friday, Saturday, and Monday. And they are my primary focus. That that account is my primary focus. I love it. And one of my biggest stressors, but also something that I am also super proud of, uh, on how we have developed that program. I love that. Yeah. You know, it's so inspiring. And actually, I'll just say refreshing to see, you know, I think a lot of times... um, performers uh see things through a very narrow scope and i only say that because i was one of them and i was very guilty of it when i was in it and um it's very refreshing and inspiring to see when people electively transition out of a performing life and find themselves in uh administrative slash corporate yet still creative role um I love it because it's for me. It's one of those things where it's. It, I feel like you have been a, found a way to still be creatively fulfilled mm-hmm. because as artists, we 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 yearn for that absolutely. And you have found a way to put yourself in a role where you can be very valuable because of your production and performance experience, but then also you're growing as a person because you're also learning all these other sides of the business. Absolutely, and I think that's. The one of the hardest things for performers is to electively make that transition. And it's something like Champagne Creative Group really kind of fell in my lap because of one of my best friends, Kat Day. She said she really coaxed me into taking the position and saying, you know, this is something I can really see you being good at. And she was right. And, you know, I I elected to stop performing at 33. I could I could still be performing. Oh, absolutely. But, you know, I think that's the hardest thing as a performer. Sometimes sometimes you think your path is something different. That, you know, I want to reach this. I want to do this. I want to do one more show. I want to do one more gig. But, you know, the universe is telling you, you know, take this left turn over here. Don't take the right turn. Right, right, right. Because that's what you think you should be doing. Take this left or turn. Or that's what you're, what just feels habitual yeah. to do. Or just because that's what you've always done. Exactly. Yeah. It's always scary when you're, when you're transitioning into a new chapter of your life. Yeah. And I just think that you have done it 
theme, what theme, well, I don't know if it felt this way, but it, it, it looks and appears to be seamless. And I, I think you're doing amazing. It I was a, it. it was a hard decision. And it was, it was, it was a really actually difficult decision for me to, to choose to, to give up that performing, that, perf- the, the, give up performing, that life. Yeah, to give yeah, up yeah. that lifestyle. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, but it is something that I am super thankful that I made that choice. And I, I think that's a hard thing for performers to do is to, is to take that, that turn that, the universe, God, whatever you personally believe drives your day-to-day life is telling you to take this turn. And a lot of people, even in my life still, they fight taking that turn because they're not ready to leave the stage. And I can say I... Or they're, I, what, they're being resistant to wherever the universe is kind of exactly. nudging them. Yeah, You know, and one of... I was listening to your podcast, you know, one of your previous guests, Holly, said it really perfectly, like, when you think you took a wrong turn, no, that's the universe saying, no, this is the turn you need to take. Yeah. Keep following that path. And she's 100% right. You know, leaving, performing, it was, it was hard. My... Joe Rowan, who was uh, a ballet mistress, the head ballet teacher and dance faculty at Oklahoma at City. Oklahoma, yeah. Um, she always said, you know, dancers die two deaths. You know, dancers die their first death, death when they stop performing. And then their second death is their actual death. Oh my God. I, yeah. Totally. And it absolutely is. Oh, I got, I just got a little choked up on that because it's so true. It, it's really, it's and, so and, true. And not everybody gets that. No. And it's okay that you don't, but, um, but you spend your entire life the, getting to this yes. milestone of being this professional. Like performers start training when they're five years old. Yeah. With that first dance class they take, or first vocal class they take, or first acting class they take. And making the conscious decision to be, to make that transition and choose a different aspect of a career field that you love is. I, I went through a mourning period for probably about a year of looking on Facebook and saying, I could do that position. They don't deserve that. I, it should be me to now being able to look at those positions and be like, good for them. They are killing it. I am so happy that that person is doing whatever it is that they're doing and not looking at it from a, a wounded position. Like I, I cut myself short of my performance career, but being able to look at them and say, they're doing they're they're doing it they're doing their journey they're, yeah. they're, that's their journey that they're that they're that they're taking now being in a senior position i'm taking on casting i'm taking on advisory roles on who should be in what position who are where do we stand on auditions do we need to have auditions who are who's the right person for this um for this role this character and i'm still casting my friends so let me ask you about that. Like, what <clears throat> what are the challenges like that you face? Obvious. I mean, they might seem obvious, but talk to me about. You know, I'm sure there's been situations where you just out of loyalty to a friendship want to cast somebody, but maybe they're not right for that part. That's got to be a difficult conversation. It's. That necess- isn't necessarily the hard conversation. Okay. It is the, the hard conversation is when they're in the role and they can no longer do it. Oh, yeah. I get and you. And that's the brutal one. And in the last 
12 months, you know, I've had to let go of people I respect and people that I think of as my friends. And now they don't speak to me because of situations where I had to let them go to to follow protocol, to follow rules. Or the integrity of the show. To follow casting guidelines. And sometimes it's even out of my hands. Because sometimes the client dictates that. Yep. Sometimes the client dictates, I want X, Y, and Z. Right. And you have to hire X, Y, and Z. And as a performer, you're like, well, they're not the best for this role. Okay, but this is the... This is this what is the client what, wants. This is what I and have And you can to try fill. and guide the client as much as you want. Absolutely. But at the end of the day, sometimes the client, they put their, they, they they put their the heels fir- in and they, they say, this is what I want. Give it to me. Yeah, and sometimes the client is even dealing with things from someone else. Yes, that's true. Like when you're in a corporate arena... There are a million and a half things that I'm not even aware of. I'm just being told you need to hire somebody that has an A in their name, someone who has a B in their name, and someone who has a C in their name. And I may not know the reason why, but I can start now being able to assume that there's a bigger picture here. So I have to ask, do you, you know, in the role that you're in now, do you have a favorite client or uh, anything that you can tell me about like the first big client that you uh, were assigned to? My first big client was uh, a nationwide DMC, which is a, a destination management company. Okay. They put on these huge conferences for massive companies like Google, Netflix, uh, Metro, Verizon. They're the people that these companies come to to say, here, we need to have like a sales meeting, plan it. Sure. Get all these people here doing all these things. And that was something I took a a client that was a little scattered. They would book us every now and then to a consistent client. And I brought on from a Las Vegas office to include their, all of their offices nationwide, which is a total of now nine offices. Um, Another client that I'm super proud of is our partnership with Tau Group. Their, enter- their commitment to world-class entertainment in the nightclub arena is, I think, second to none. And their ability to put on a show, not just feature a DJ, but put on a DJ, a resident DJ show is amazing. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. being a part of that creative process, being a part of that, um, that relationship, being able to take their, their concepts and make them a reality is something that is super, super rewarding. Um, so those would be like my, I love that. my top two clients. I love, it. Oh. I love it. Well, you know what? I think you're killing it. I, you know, you know, I have so much respect for you. Not only as an artist and as a person, but as uh, a businessman, as obviously now. And it's just, I, I, I just love seeing you thrive in this role. Like, I think you're amazing. And um, I've watched you grow into this role. And, um, and you guys have always been lovely and welcoming to me. I mean, Champagne Creative Group has hired me a couple times to, to come and choreograph and yeah. do things for you guys. And I'm always grateful to work with, you, with your team. Um, but I just have to give you that compliment that I just think. Well, thank you. I think the world of you and I think that you are just uh, a great example, I think, uh, for a lot of, uh, on many levels. And um, bravo. Well, thank you very much. Yeah, of course. So I will definitely post the all the contact information for Champagne Creative Group in the description of the episode. So if anybody wants to get a hold of them for any of their events or if there's any talent out there that want to submit, um, you can get a hold of them. Yeah, absolutely. And um, 
just thank you for taking the time, girl. Yeah, absolutely. I had a great time chatting with you. you know, this is, it's always nice to see you. <laughs> and I forgot about the golden donut. I did, I, <laughs> I did too. It, it just kind of happened. I just like, as we were talking, I remembered it. <laughs> hey, say la vie, we'll take it. Honey, listen. Well, you know, I love you. I adore you. We've been friends for, oh my God, has it been like 15 years at this point? Oh my God, since 2007. All right, so 13. math is hard. Thirteen yeah, years. Thirteen, yeah. Did you, did you say math is hard? Math is hard. <laughs> like, I know I can do math. I just had the I date can't. wrong. <laughs> <laughs> I love you, girl. Love you too, girl. You know I really do. So if you like what you heard, please uh, show us some love and hit that subscribe button or give us a follow. And this was Bobby Bannister of Jubilee and champagne creative group hey, which girl. we love we love both of those companies. Right? <laughs> thanks for having me i appreciate it honey you're always welcome all right girl all right, all girl. right. Bye. <laughs>